Have you ever been in a class you don't like, but you need to be there? You wish you could skip every day and there's not even anyone there to make it more enjoyable? It doesn't seem anything will relate to your life and you're only in there for the gen ed requirement? Or you were in a situation where nothing was going your way, you missed every shot, lost many games in a row, and couldn't even explain yourself. All four of our stories focus on persevering through trials, and don't worry, none of them are as bo boring as persevering through a long class. I'm Sadie, and I like water skiing, trap shooting, and duck hunting. I'm Gunner, and I'm playing basketball, skiing, and hockey. I'm Seaver, and I like skiing, cheese curds, and pickleball. And I'm Annalise, I like hammocking, my long walks to North Village, and skiing. Welcome to Modern Story Podcast, episode number five. Today we're telling stories about perseverance. So let's get started with Sadie and her story called New Opportunities. Like most girls, I grew up participating in dance, t-ball, and soccer. Starting my junior year of high school, I had begun to realize that soccer wasn't for me anymore. Flash forward to the first week of school. I walked into history and was immediately disappointed to see we had assigned seating. As I found my spot and got my laptop out, a conversation was struck with the girl sitting next to me. In a way to get to know me, she asked if I played any sports, to which I said, I used to play soccer, but I'm currently open to suggestions. With a laugh, she said she was a cheerleader, to which I told her I didn't have any flexibility. Then she followed with, well, have you ever heard of trap shooting? I was caught off guard. Although I come from a family that goes duck and deer hunting, I had only gone trap shooting once. The conversation was quickly halted as class got started, but it struck an interest in me. I had always been in sports that weren't out of my comfort zone. I played soccer with all my friends. The thought of trap, sho trap shooting both scared me but struck an interest. The team was quite literally three girls, including one of the coaches. The thought of doing a sport with only three other girls, 40 guys, and it being something I didn't have experience in made me leery. After chatting with my new friend Olivia, I decided I had nothing to lose. The first day of practice came up quickly, and I felt vastly unprepared. In my first round of 25, I only hit 7. In the second, I only hit 8. Out of 50 clays, I finished the evening hitting a total of 15. Everyone else was hitting in the 40s and 50s. On my way home, I called my dad crying, to which he asked me, Sadie, it was the first night. Did you expect you were going to be this amazing trap shooter? After that, I regularly went trap shooting with my dad and began to see improvement. The fall season is a couple months long, and by the end of it, I was hitting mid-30s on a good week and low-20s on a bad. Although it wasn't where I hoped to be, I continued to work hard throughout the fall and into early spring. By the end of the next season, I was hitting my upper 30s, in the next year of trap shooting, I finished the fall season with my best yet, 38 out of 50. In the spring season of my senior year, I shot the best round in my career with 22 out of 25 and 21 out of 25, totaling 30, uh, 43 out of 50. I was ecstatic. Taking this leap of faith into a new sport had stuck with me since. Through hard work and dedication, I went from hitting 15 out of 50 to, to a year and a half later hitting 43 out of 50. In this process, I made friends and got to know some really cool people that I otherwise would not have gotten to know. I also had to learn how to have patience with myself and ignore the inner perfectionist. In the end, I am very thankful for Olivia and my dad for pushing me to do something out of my comfort zone because now I have a really cool hobby. Also, it has given me the opportunity to spend more time with my dad and uncles and learn how to duck hunt and in turn deer hunt. Wow, that's crazy that one girl could change so much in your life. Do you still talk to Olivia? Um, unfortunately, I do not. I haven't seen her since high school. Wow, that's a bummer. 
How often do you trap shoot it still? Um, not as much as I'd like to. Got really busy with school. Uh, do you think that picking up trap shooting was easier or harder than what you expected? Um, I think I knew going into it it was going to be harder um, than I thought it would be. But as I got practicing and did it more, it became easier. Yeah. Um, here's Gunner and his story called Hard Work Pays Off. Growing up, all my friends played basketball. It was a thing to do. As I went through different sport phases of football, soccer, and baseball, I struggled to find an activity that I loved and excelled in. As I continued hearing stories of how much fun my friends were having on their weekend tournaments, I, lo I longed to join their team and compete with them. When the sixth grade basketball season rolled around, I took a leap of faith and went to my school's trials with all my friends. I had played consistently over the summer, so I felt pretty confident about my chances going forward. As I finished the two-day trial session, I realized that everyone else had been playing for much longer than me and therefore were much more skilled. As my name was called into the coach's office, my heart started racing as my confidence quickly wore off. All I remember was hearing these two words, you're cut. On the drive back home, I broke into a variety of emotions as my anger and sadness overtook my feelings. I was enraged at my coaches for their poor judgment and at myself for not playing at the level that I believed I could. Later that night, I sat in my room, realizing that I was faced with a decision. I could either grind over the summer to become the player that I believed I was, or quit and focus on something else. I chose the first option and took a leap of faith to work every day to become exceptional at the sport and to come back to trials next year. As the next year trials came along, I became anxious to discover if my hard work had paid off. When I participated in scrimmages and drills, I realized that I had become much more experienced and stood out compared to the same players who had made the team the year prior. As I was called into the coach's office, I was much more confident than the year before, but still very worried. You made the team. I was overjoyed at the news and grateful that my work in the summer was not for nothing. Through this story, I discovered how my leap of faith into a new sport after one's failing had changed me as a person. Besides being able to, to succeed in my sport, I was able to take this work ethic into other aspects of my life. The importance of working hard for what one truly desires is a core value to me, as I am able to recognize how rewarding this feeling truly is. Now, in school and jobs, I bring the same mindset as, as I try to do well in everything that I do. My leap of faith led to much more than simply making the team what I originally wanted. Wow, it's amazing that you chose to practice more rather than just give up. What did you find was the big, biggest challenge you faced in the in-between the tryouts with all your practicing? I think my biggest challenge was the fear that all that would be for nothing if I didn't make the team, and the fear that, yeah, I just wouldn't do it, but I mean, I ended up making the team, so that fear was all for nothing. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Um, what made you decide to play um, basketball over football and soccer? I think at first it was because all my friends were switching to basketball to play it, and then once I picked it up, I was like, oh, this is actually really fun, and I actually really, really like playing this, so then I just ended up sticking with it. Do you still play basketball often? Um, here at Bethel, I do intramural basketball, which I think is like perfect for me because it's not a huge time commitment, but I still can play games each week, which is still what I love to do, which makes it super fun. That's good. So next we have Seaver, and his story is called, You're Gonna You're gonna Regret Not Doing It. I'm Seaver, I love to ski, and I've skied since fourth grade and have loved it ever since. My family and I go to Breckenridge, Colorado every few years to go skiing for a few days. However, everyone in my family stopped skiing recently, 
So this year I brought some of my friends to go with me instead. I brought my friends Wyatt and Lars. So on our first day of skiing, we went to the top of one of the mountains and we go to explore as it's been about four years since I skied at Breckenridge last. It was good, nothing too hard, but we all agreed we were we would go to the highest mountain the next day. This is called Peak 8, and it's 12,998 feet above sea level. I've never been on this mountain before because it's been closed due to wind the last two times I tried to go. The next day, we made our way up and decided which way we were going to go down. We decided on a run called Whale's Tail, which is a double black diamond. A double black diamond is the hardest run you can get without getting an avalanche warning in the United States. We got to the top of the peak and we looked over the edge. There were two ways to go down, either a five-foot jump or going down the other side of the run where they had a small ramp. When Lars was convincing us to take the jump, all I could think of was my mom telling me not to be stupid. He kept going until eventually me and White agreed we were not going to jump. So we watched Lars do it and we realized it can't be that bad. So we took the rest of the way down and we made our way back up the mountain. When we got back up, Lars was still giving us reasons to jump. The one that stuck out most was, you're going to regret not doing it. He was right. I would regret it, so I had to do it. However, as we got closer to the edge, it got less convincing. The view is amazing, but it's hard to ignore the fact that if I fall, I'm going to roll a few hundred feet. Then Lars goes off the edge again, and he almost falls. This made me a little bit more nervous, which was not what I needed. Then I peeked over the edge of the jump and all I could think about was my mom telling me not to be stupid and don't get hurt. So I just hoped I wasn't doing either of those. So I backed up 10 feet for a run up and then went off the edge. Then Wyatt did the same thing. Then we spent the rest of the day doing this over and over again. From that day I learned that it's good to take risks and that they pay off. I also learned that I'm capable of things that are out of my comfort zone. Since that day I've done I've been a lot more confident and adventurous in skiing and my other activities. This was a great experience and I definitely would have regretted it if I hadn't taken the leap of faith. Wow, well, I don't ski, but I I can't imagine how nerve-wracking that would be. Do you think you'll do something like that again next year? I think I'm gonna try things that are even more dangerous and I'm gonna, this year I think I'm gonna try my first backflip and try a few new tricks. If your friends weren't there, do you think you still would have jumped? No. I I definitely would have been too scared and also like not being with anyone else, it would be a little bit more scary that if I got hurt, there would be no one else there to help me. So it was nice having them there for comfort. So yeah, I also grew up skiing, so I know about some of these challenges on these huge hills. Um, do you have any goals or uh, milestones that you have for skiing in the future? Um, like I said, I'm going to try more tricks, and hopefully this year when I go down, I'm going to, they have another mountain where you can hike to the top top of it, and that's about 14, or 13,500 over sea level, and I'm going to try dropping down that. Um, here is Annalise and her story called Too Many Rejections. I wasn't expecting so much of my life to change by running into a friend on my walk to class mid-March freshman year. Christina Casaneta, who had previously worked in facilities management with me and was a build housing mentor, 
let me know about an opening for a position I had interviewed for but was rejected that previous month. After interviewing for a resident assistant, build housing mentor, and welcome weaker, I got nothing. I was quite discouraged, email after email notifying me, thank you for applying, but we regret to inform you that you didn't get the position, on top of a stressful time, was destroying my confidence. I had waited until the last minute to look for roommates since I was banking on being alone as an RA or a housing mentor, but instead I had to find three random girls I had never met before. During that month, I didn't have as many friends at Bethel as I had hoped, especially since I was a commuter and living with my sister Ava. She would hang out with our shared friends and get upset when I wanted to join, cutting me off from my people, which made the semester worse. She would pick on me to let her bitterness out, letting me know I wasn't wanted near her until she wanted to go on a Taco Bell trip, and I was the only one interested in going. Christina had stopped me in the CC lounge area to see how I was doing. I was about to walk off to my next class when Christina said, wait, that reminds me, there's an opening for a first year housing mentor position. You should reach out to Katie. I was floored. Maybe this was my chance. Maybe Katie would consider interviewing me again. Doubt still stirred inside of me. I didn't get an offer after any of my interviews before. Why would I now? Still, I sent the email to Katie, letting her know I heard there was an opening and was interested in interviewing again or doing whatever I needed to to have a shot. She responded fairly quickly, letting me know they were currently interviewing someone else, but she would let me know. Even after reaching out, I didn't think I'd hear a, hooray, you're hired. That previous February, I had gone into the build office, not as prepared as I should have been, and stumbled over why I should be a housing mentor, with my lack of experience and not enough inserts about my faith or building others up. It was after my aunt and Christina uh, encouraged me to apply as a housing mentor when I explained to both that I'd be applying for the RA position and they thought housing mentor would fit me. After the follow-up email to Katie, I remember the email less than a week later that made me cry actual tears. Katie offered me the job. I didn't know entirely what I was signing up for, but I knew I would enjoy it. I'm a housing mentor again for the second year in, the ro in a row, so my freshman self knew what she was doing. Immediately after I got the offer, I texted Christina first to let her know about the good news. Then I went on to text everyone else, my parents, siblings, aunt, a few friends. The August after I accepted the job offer, I moved into Getch. I didn't know any of the first year students in BUILD and the training didn't feel like it prepared me for enough. Yet I made friends with the other housing mentors and welcomed the first year students in BUILD in. If I didn't reach out after Christina ran into me, I wouldn't be spending my time off duty eating with the students in BUILD or receiving hugs from them when I run into them in the hallway. The job helped me be more kind towards everyone and be able to tackle even the nastiest weekends, including many people crying. I didn't think so many rejections would require me to persevere through my tears, but if I hadn't tackled it, I wouldn't be a BUILD housing mentor right now. Was your, uh, was your sister supportive of you becoming a BUILD mentor? How has your relationship gotten better? Has it gotten worse? Yeah, my sister was really supportive. Like, I feel lots of times she is still supportive, even if she does, like, push me out of things. Um, but, yeah, she was happy for me. And I, lately, our relationship has gotten better. I think it's also because there's been more space between us that might be part of it. But, yeah, we're uh, <laughs> maybe not as, maybe it's not as mean, I guess. <laughs> Um, has your story influenced influence you to try other new things in your life, even if you fail at first? Yeah, I've been more confident to like sign up for more things and try yeah, new things, like I said. Um, even, well, I feel like I would still like be trying for RA, housing mentor, if I didn't get that, like that would stay the same. But there's definitely been more times just like being social out with others that I'll be more confident than I was before. 
What's your favorite part about being a build mentor? Ooh, there's a lot of good parts. Um, it's, it's definitely the connections because I am like a build celebrity when I see them. I'll be like walking down the hallway and they'll be screaming, Annalise, Annalise, and I'll be like, yo, guys, what's up? And it's just, it's just amazing. I, I love all the second years, so I'm just so thankful that I get to do it for another year. Okay, so what have we learned today? I've learned that perseverance also forces you to learn patience. We have to be patient in order to persevere through tough times. I've learned that these failures often make you feel as though you can't do anything, but often lead you to doing much more than you can if you never tried what you originally wanted to do. I learned that with perseverance you can beat your fears and grow exponentially from defeating these fears. I've learned that perseverance brings more faith or thankfulness than anything else because all of us were happy that we gained something even though the process was really difficult and we all experienced negative emotions. We want to thank some people for helping us out on this Modern Story podcast at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks to Professor Chris Schaffner and his teaching assistants for maintaining the podcast studio and giving us access to it. We should also thank each other for our edits. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Okay, well, look for our next episode of Modern Story Podcast, the Modern Story Podcast number six, which is also about perseverance. And lastly, go tell your friends about Modern Story.